thank you for the church. Thank you that we have this group, this family that we can learn and we can grow and we can figure out life together with. And God, you know, where would we be if we didn't have your word and if we didn't have your spirit and we didn't have your body? Where would we be? I mean, I, just, I don't think it would be anywhere good. And so, so for that, I mean, we have so much to be thankful for, but uh, God, man, I don't know where we're at this morning. I don't know what the state of our hearts is, but God, you do. I don't, you know, we're limited. Every one of us in here is, is limited. We can't make someone grow. We can't even make ourselves grow. But we can surrender to you. And we can let you do a work in our hearts. And so I'm asking that you would please help us. God, that you would, by your Spirit, you would do something that, that we can't. And that is, would you change people's hearts this morning? The hearts that are hard, the hearts that are frustrated, that are complacent, that are disengaged, the hearts that are uh, rebellious, the hearts that are, are, are whatever. God, would you change our hearts? Make us receptive of your word. God, we just ask that you do that work in us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. So Paul is in... Paul is in... Paul is in... Prison. prison. Paul is in... Okay. And he's writing a letter to the Philippians. And some of the things he's talked about are like, hey, you know, quit your squabbling. Be unified. Be humble toward one another. Jesus is the one that's high and lifted up. And so do all things without murmurings and disputings. You know, you have a testimony to uphold. And then he kind of shifts gears here. And he starts talking about just um, wanting to take care of them. Wanting to take care of these Philippians. He says this, But I trust in the Lord Jesus to send Timotheus shortly unto you, that I also may be of good comfort when I know your state. Okay, so he wants to send Timothy, this guy, to go check on these Philippians. To just see how they're doing. To make sure they're okay. There's trials and tribulations. And he just wants to make sure they're okay. Paul's stress and his burden from this verse we see was not on his personal comfort and convenience. Paul was in... Paul was in... And yet he's worried about how the Philippians are doing. You understand? That's maturity. Right? He's in prison. And he's worried about how these Philippians are doing. He was going to be comforted. If he could get Timothy over there to check how they're doing, he was going to be comforted by knowing that they're okay. Does that make sense? Okay, so here's your quick application right here, right now. Leader, are you big enough to look beyond your own conditions into the state of those next to or following after you? Are you big enough to look beyond yourself? And, and you know, you've got to take care of yourself. You can't just completely neglect yourself. Right? You need to be studious. You need to do well in school. If you have a job, you need to do that well. Right? You need to be, like, you're in preparation mode. Your life hasn't really begun yet. I mean, it has. But you're setting up and preparing and building the foundation for what your life will be. When you turn 18, 19, 20 years old, and you're really launching, you're really coming on the ramp of life where it's going to be real. 
And eventually you'll be out of the house and you'll be living on your own and providing for yourself. And like there's going to be a lot more independence right around the corner from where you're at right now. So you do have to, like, I mean, your grade card will show your grades, right? Your work is important. Do your job. Do it well. But let's think about it in this context. You come in here. Are you big enough to think beyond just what you got going on? Are you, or do you come in here and you only think about how you feel, what you want, what's comfortable and convenient for you, what you think? I don't know where you at with that. So leaders, Acts chapter 20 verse 28 says, Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers. To feed the church of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood. Okay, so maybe you're not an overseer. You know, like the adults in here, we're overseers. We're just looking over, we're making sure everybody's okay. Making sure there's no emergencies. Making sure nothing's on fire. And, and, and we even want to look into your life. We want to oversee your life and see, hey, how are things going? How are your emotions? How is your heart? What is your thought life like? What are you struggling with? What's your home life like? We want to know these things so that we can come alongside you and just support you in prayer. We want to support you in prayer and we want to support you in instruction and guidance from the Word of God. That's what a family does, right? That's what a family does. We take care of each other and we want that as being people who are over you. But hold on, that's not just for us, students. Once the seniors are gone, which of the students will do that? Will there be a gaping hole where, where it's just a bunch of immature, selfish... Now, again, if you're a freshman, you should be immature and selfish. You know why? Because you're a freshman. Nobody blames you for it then. If you're a sophomore, I'm, not, I'm really not attacking you. Trust me, I'm not attacking you. If you're a sophomore, you are uh, like you're selfish and immature. It's because you're a sophomore, Right? If I'm selfish and immature, people are like, what the heck is wrong with that guy? Oh, I don't want to be around that guy. If a sophomore is selfish and immature, everybody's like, well, yeah, it's a sophomore. Duh. Right? Now, I think you're all great. Okay, you're all lovely. You're all wonderful. You're all so selfless and godly. There's so much virtue in this room. But when the seniors leave... Will you be able to step into that role that says, I know maybe I have a lot going on, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look beyond, I'm going to trust God for the strength to look beyond myself and into the state of the others around me. That's Paul's maturity. It's a high calling. It's hard to do. So here's your key question. This is for everybody. <clears throat> it's for those who want to be a leader, but it's for everybody in here. This is how it all starts. Do you, do I, Love the church and its members. Do I love the church and its members? So I can answer a couple questions for you here. Midtown Baptist Temple is not perfect. It's not. No one is claiming that it is. Nobody's claiming Midtown's perfect. Nobody in Midtown is perfect except for Jesus. Do you love this church? And if you do, okay, 
That's great. The church is awesome. I love coming here. This place is great. I love the church. I, I feel indebted to the church because I, my salvation is directly related to the ministry of, of Midtown Baptist Temple. So Pastor Sam was the guest preacher at a church I was going to at a summer camp when I got saved. Sam was the preacher. At a, he didn't, I didn't go to Midtown. I went to another church. And he came and he was the guest preacher that preached at the camp. And I heard his preaching and I gave my life to Christ. I feel pretty indebted to Sam. He, in some ways, begot me in the gospel. Okay, well, how did I get to that camp in the first place? Well, Midtown sponsored me to go to that camp. You understand? Like, I signed up and wanted to go to this church camp where I would eventually get saved. I didn't know that. But they said, hey, here's a camp. You want to go? And I said, well, yeah, sure. Well, it costs hundreds of dollars. And I'm like, oh, well, I don't know. Can I still go? My parents, I mean, like, my parents... They ended up okay financially, but there was a season where money was real tight for us, like very tight. And I wasn't, they weren't going to be able to pay for me to go to this camp. Well, Midtown, because the guy who was preaching was like, well, we can sponsor a kid to go. Woohoo! Guess who got sponsored to go to this camp where he got saved? By Midtown Baptist Temple. Me! I'm so grateful for Midtown Baptist Temple as an entity, right? And I'm so grateful for Pastor Sam. And I'm so grateful for the, for the couple of guys who made big investments in me directly. I love those guys. I love the church. But do I love the members of that church? See, you love whoever makes a direct investment into you. Praise the Lord. Whoever your favorite counselor is. Man, I just really love Brock. He's really funny. He wrestles with me. And he's just very kind to me all the time. Man, praise the Lord. Love Brock. Man, I love Mitch. He's my favorite counselor. He's always just so easy going. And he's fun. And he gives us the donuts. And he's always gracious and generous. Man, I love Mitch. Praise the Lord. That's our goal. We want to be loving to you. But how about the person sitting right next to you? Or better yet, how about the person on the other side of the room that you've been in the same room with for years and never had more of an interaction than, oh, eye contact, gotta look like, no, 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 no. Do you love them? Will you serve them? Will you befriend them? Will you be edifying to them? Will you take care of them? If you're a leader, if you want to be a leader, if you can say, I love Midtown Baptist Simple and I love its members, then you've got a chance of being a leader, of stepping into that place where as you come into upperclassmanness, you're going to be able to look past yourself and take care of people. If you don't love Midtown Baptist Simple and the members of it, you will never be a leader in this class. It just won't work. Because this is Midtown Baptist Temple. And these are the members. And if you don't love them, you won't be a leader of them. And what will happen, this is just how it's designed. The seniors in here, every single one of them, every single one of them has some level of influence. They're not all leaders. They're not. But every one of them has has some level of influence over the other people in here. And the vast majority of them have turned into, like, quite vocal leaders. Now, they may not be telling you what to do. They may not be saying, hey, can I, hey, can I pray with you? They may not be doing that, but you know what they are doing? They're beginning to plug into service, into ministry, and they're becoming examples. They are gaining influence in this class. If the seniors aren't in here, 
Okay, this will be good. Seniors, don't, don't raise your hand. Everybody else who serves in ministry at Midtown Baptist Temple, raise your hand. One, two, three, four. Nice. Hey, we got four. Okay, now seniors, if you're plugged into ministry, raise your hand. One, two, three, four, five. Okay, there's more seniors plugged into ministry than the rest of our class. What's going to happen next year when they leave? Will you rise to the occasion? Will you be big enough to look beyond your own self? Okay, verse 20, here's what Paul says. He wants to make sure these Philippians are okay. And he says, for I have no man like-minded who will naturally care for your state. He's going to, be, he's going to begin describing how unique Timothy is, right? And he's saying, there's nobody like Timothy. There's nobody like-minded. Okay, what does like-minded mean? It means equal in soul. Equal in soul. Like We are the same. We have the same most inner being of who we are. We are the same. Okay, so Mitch and I are like-minded. How did we become like-minded? Well, we've done ministry together for many years. Because we've spent time outside of ministry time together. Being friends. Being family. He loves my family. He loves my wife. He loves my children. I love him. I love his wife. I love his children. I love his grandchildren. We love one another. We've spent time together. And we've served together. Our souls are knit together. Now, they've been knit together for probably... I would say they were knit together within the first year or two when, when I jumped into ministry with them in the middle school class. It happened pretty quick. I mean, we've known each other for over a decade, but it was pretty quick that it was just like, hey, we're knit together. Right? It can happen that someone like Claire comes in in the last, you know, 18 months of her high school career, and she can be knit together with other people in this room. Happens pretty quick. But it doesn't happen on accident. And it doesn't happen normally. He's like, Paul's like, I have no man like-minded. There's nobody like Timothy. Well, wait. Paul ministered to a bunch of dudes. And he ministered with a bunch of dudes. Nobody? Paul could look out into all the men and women that he had ministered to and with, and no one compared to the faithfulness of Timothy. And he only trusted him to take care of this church. And it makes me think of the great loneliness that people feel in trying to find like-mindedness. You know what most people in this classroom feel? Some level of loneliness. Do you know why? Well, part, partly because you're in adolescence. So you're going through this, like Chris Best, he's a doctor and a pastor here, and he, he made it real like obvious for me. He said, when you're, when you're 11, you're jumping into middle school ministry. You're 11? What do you do when you're 11? Like, you still might play with G.I. Joes. You might still play with Barbies if you're 11. Like, you are literally still sitting on the floor playing with things, with toys. When you're 18 or 19, you can sign up to give your life in battle, in combat. They wouldn't let an 11-year-old sign up 
and be trained to use a military rifle that kills people. They wouldn't let an 11-year-old do that, right? Would they? No. But when you turn 18, they're like, hey, we think you're about to be like a real, a real man. So in between 11 and 18, what's happening? Something crazy called adolescence where you are turning from a little kid into a grown-up. And it's really hard to get from playing with toys on the floor to I'm willing to work hard and to, to labor and to care about things beyond myself. That's a hard process, right? Okay, not only is it a hard process, okay, uh, let's see here. How many high schools do we have represented in this room? How many high schools? Okay, homeschool, there's one. Where do you go? Olathe East. Anybody else Olathe East? Okay, we got another Easter. Uh, Aubrey, you go to Gardner. Any other Gardnerers? Got another Aubrey. There's three schools in the first two rows. Okay, uh, why, what, what school you go to? Shawnee Mission West. Any other Westers? Nope, only one. You go to Lee Summit West. Any other Lee Summit Westers? Okay, his sibling. Got it. Okay, there's five schools in the first three rows. What school do you go to? Grain Valley. Okay, Grain Valley to, to Gardner is literally over an hour. Okay, wait, huh? They go to the same youth group multiple times a week. And they live an hour apart. You think Manning and Aubrey just on a whim are like, hey, you want to hang out? Probably not because it's like they got to go on vacation just to like get to see one another if they were to try to do that. Okay, six schools in the first three rows. What school do you go to, Judah? Oak Park. There's another. school do you go to, Trent? What school do you go to? Northeast. What school do you go to? Staley. There's nine schools and just one side of the room. Let's keep going. What school do you go to? Whew, we got another one. All right. And you go somewhere. And then you go to St. Teresa. There's ten. Where do you go to school? Homeschool. There's another one. Where do you go to school? Homeschool. Wait, you don't go to the same homeschool, bro. Chris, you're done with school. Went to Grandview. Where do you go? Northeast. Northeast. Is that the same as Trenton? Yeah. Okay. And then, Manny, where do you go to school? Manny, get off your phone and pay attention. Where do you go to school? Ray South. South. Where do you guys go? Are we at 15 schools? We have another Ray South. Okay, good. Another Ray South. We have 15 and then 16 and then online, 17 and then... Okay, we got another Staley. Where do you go? Online. Online. There's another one. West. Chrisman. Is that different from everybody else? Different. There's 20 schools. Is that 20? Did I count that right? Or is it 15? No, no. I failed math a couple times. There's 20 schools in this room. You guys do a lot of hanging out together? Nope, you sure don't. You're not going to just naturally, like, like I could get you all fired up to go preach the gospel in your school, right? I bet you some of you have sat through a sermon and you felt like, okay, I really want to get into my school and I want to preach the gospel. And then what happens? Then what happens is you're, you're excited and then you leave this room and there is nobody going in there with you. There's nobody going with you. You have to be alone in your school with that mission you've been inspired to undertake. Or maybe you just feel bad. You got this hardship going on. You just want somebody to be arm in arm with in the faith. 
When you go to school and there's nobody there, except maybe a sibling. I mean, half of you guys are related, so maybe it's your cousin. This is unique. If we, listen, if we were a church in Lee Summit, there would be three high schools that you would go to. And maybe a couple of you guys would go to a different school. There'd be five or six high schools represented in our youth group. And so you'd be together more frequently. You'd have each other's back at school. You'd be more accountable because you'd see each other every day. The people I grew up in in the Lord with when I was in high school, I saw them every single day. I went to school with them. I grew because they were in my life. You're kind of screwed. Kind of screwed. You know, there was a girl a few years ago who, she went to Shawnee Mission West. That's where you go? I don't feel bad that I don't know where you all go to school. Because there's 20 of them. Okay, but I do want to know. I want to know about you. I mean, I, I do care. Okay, but there's a girl who went to Shawnee Mission West. And her complaint was, I just feel so alone. And I was like, dang, why does it got to be that way for her? And what I didn't realize was that that is the case of everybody in the youth group here at Midtown forever. There was a season where there was a handful of Raytowners. There was a season. There's about six of them that went to Raytown. And then they all moved out. And then we all moved in. And now there's 20 schools. Okay, so what am I getting at? What's my point? Well, if you would just hang on. If you would just hang on. Okay? Hang on. Hang on. If you'll stay with us. And you'll go from here into Kaya. Guess what will happen? All of the schools are right around here. Now, you don't have to go to school around here. We're not a cult. You can leave. You can go somewhere else and abandon the church of God, the family of God that He's given to you. All the people that have just said, hey, we will pour out our lives with you together for you. We'll disciple you. We'll make an investment. We'll take care of you. We'll give you everything that we have. You can walk away from that and go strand yourself and be lonely somewhere else if you want. If you ask me, I think that doesn't make any sense. But maybe I'm biased. If you'll hang, you'll go to school somewhere around here and then you plug into Kaya, guess what? Now you live with some of those people. You go to school with some of those people. You're in Bible study every single week with some of those people. And you have real relationships. But I have bad news for you. If you're in the high school ministry, we just can't do anything about the fact that you live hours away from one another. We can't. And so if you're going to be a leader in here, you know what that means? (sighs) That means you may not have somebody who has your back in your school. And you can't allow that to make you alone. You can't be alone when you're here. And when you go to school, sorry, I'm trying to get into your school with you. I've literally been screaming at you, get me in your school, get me in your school. Let's start start first priority clubs. I don't care about first priority. I don't. I just want to get in there with you and have your back and let's preach the gospel. I went into Gardner with Aubrey. She set it all up and she stood up in front of this group of 20 kids and she's like, hey, we're going to do first priority now. And they're like, oh, okay. We walked through the gospel and there was two kids that said, yeah, basically they 
told us they're working through the gospel. They're working through their salvation. The rest of them said they were saved. Well, there's a couple of kids that Aubrey can now follow up with. Now she has a little more specific goal with, with the kids she's trying to minister to, the kids she's trying to reach. We could do that together. I'll bring Kylie. I'll bring Mitch, Brock, Rhonda, Lauren. We'll, we'll try to get in there with you. I'll bring some of these online homeschool kids with me. Literally. There are three homeschool kids represented in this ministry that go to public schools week to week and try to get into the gospel ministry with you and your schools. There's more kids interested in getting into these public schools that are online school than those of you who are in public school. So if you want somebody to join you, let's do it. But here's your application. Leader. If you want to be a leader, please be a leader in this regard. Be strong and develop strong spiritual bonds with those around you. So you've got to be big enough to be able to look past yourself and look at how other people are doing, and then you have to take the initiative. This is the hard part, the uncomfortable part. This is the, you're going to be a minister part where you will say, I don't want to talk with Maya because I'm scared to talk with Maya. Because, oh, Maya's pretty and she's smart and oh, I don't know anything about her, so I'm not going to reach out to her and see how she's doing. See what maybe, I mean, what does her quiet time look like? Maybe it's thriving and awesome. Maybe it's, maybe it's not. Maybe she needs some help. But I'm intimidated by her because, well, she's, you know, she's not one of my closest people. Well, leader, leader, you got to get over that. Leaders don't look at people based on what they look like. What was it, uh, it some of the boys, we were talking on, what were we talking about, Josiah? We're sitting at the bubble tea place, and I said something like, oh, it was about anime. I, I asked, you watch anime? And automatically, somebody was like, no, 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 no. No, I don't watch anime. No, no, no. I don't watch anime. Why not? Okay, because there's all these reasons why anime is whatever it is. And we don't want to identify somebody who watches anime. We want to be a chameleon. Whatever you think is cool, yeah, 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 yeah. I do that, uh-huh, yeah. Yeah, I, I do that, I'm into that, uh-huh. Yeah. You like music? Oh, yeah, I love music. Well, who do you like? I like the good ones. Yeah. We just want to identify in the flesh with everybody, as many people as possible, because we fear men over, we fear, uh, over us fearing God. We worry more about what people in this room think about us than we do thinking about them and how we can help them and take care of them. And I'm just saying, if you want to be a leader, if you want victory in your life over being crippled by being a respecter of persons, if you want victory, stand up, be strong, and reach out to somebody. Just have a conversation with them. Here's some phrases you could use. Hey, my name's... How are you? And guess what? It's going to be awkward. Embrace that. Because you'll do it more and more, and it'll be less and less awkward. Hey, my name's blah, blah, blah. I go to blah, blah, blah. Where do you go to school? Hey, my name's blah, blah, blah. How long have you gone here? That's what I asked. There's a bunch of new people in the middle school ministry, a bunch of adults. And I was like, i got to talk to these people. Got to know them somehow. So I'm like, how long have you been at Midtown? And they told me the years that they started. And, and I was like, oh, okay, cool. 
And then I just tried to pair them with somebody else so that I could like, it was so, I, I couldn't help it. But I had to start somewhere, right? Got to start somewhere. You may not be a great conversationalist. Okay. I'm not asking you to be a people person. But you kind of got to be a people person if you're going to follow the Lord. Because the Lord is a people person, right? You, you don't actually functionally get to just go hide in the AV booth, hide in the back, away from everybody, so that you don't have to talk to anybody. Well, that's just not how it works. Okay, here's, here's, here's what God says. We then that are strong the infirmities of the weak, and not to please ourselves, let every one of us please his neighbor for his good to edification. Let's please the people in this room to build them up, not to get their acceptance, to edify them, not to get their approval. For even Christ pleased not himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of them that reproached thee fell on me. You hurt? Well, I feel your hurt. For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning that we, here's what we should do, that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. It's going to be lonely. It's going to be awkward. Adolescence is hard. But you can with patience and with the comfort of the scriptures, you can hold your Bible tight and you can learn to love it. You can fall in love with your Bible. And God will comfort you from that. He will meet you where you're at. And you can walk through anything as long as you have the voice of the Lord with you. And you can endure adolescence and you can endure awkwardness and you can endure trying to connect with people in here. Now the God of patience and consolation grant you to be like-minded one toward another according to Christ Jesus that ye may with one mind and one mouth glorify God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Wherefore, here's what you got to do. Here's, here's what you do this morning. If I can ask you to do one thing, do this. Wherefore, receive ye one another. Receive ye one another as Christ also received us to the glory of God. Hey, could you just like, uh, you know, instead of walking around like this, can't go there. Uh oh, I'm going to go over here. Oh, I don't know if I can slip through there. Woo! Isaac, try to try to approach me. Try to give me a hug. Try to give me a hug. Try to give me a hug. Hey, man, what's up? Oh, 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 he got close, but nope, no, nope, no. Nope. Got to keep him. Got to keep him at distance. If you could just stop being so prickly for a moment, stop being so prickly. Stop being so mean. And just receive the people in this room. Because you know what you want? You know why you're prickly? Because you don't feel received. Now, I don't know why you don't feel received. I don't know what has led you to feel like this group of people that me and Mitch and Brock, Kylie, Lauren, and Rhonda, I don't know what has led you to believe that we won't receive you, that we won't with open arms just take whatever baggage you've got Whatever issues, whatever burdens you have, we want them. We want them. Let's go. Let's do this. Lay it on. It's heavy on your heart and it's heavy on your mind because you're thinking about this right now and I have no idea what you're thinking of. And that's heavy and that wears on you. That burden, that sin, that whatever. And if you would just say, hey, I'm 
need somebody strong who can carry this with me, we'd say, all right, great. Let me take a turn holding that, bearing that. You know what? Let's let the Lord just carry you. Your legs are tired. You're worn out. Let's let the Lord start bearing the load. If you would do that, the people who are received are the most receiving people. The people who are received are the most receiving people. Okay, so listen. I want to receive every one of you. I love every one of you. I don't even know half of you. You go to schools that I, I literally don't even know where they are. Like if I had to get to Shawnee Mission West <laughs> without Google Maps, I don't even know where Shawnee is. I grew up in Raytown. So, I mean, that's like across the, the galaxy to me. Your school? I don't even remember where you go to school. St. Teresa's. Okay, I know where St. Teresa's is. Kylie worked there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're close. Olathe East? There's like 15 Olathe high schools. Five? There's five Olathe high schools. I could, I mean, but I'll tell you this. I love you, and I love you, and I love you. Like a big brother in Christ, I love you. If you needed something, bro, if you would let me, like if you needed something, and you would let me provide that for you in a heartbeat, I'm telling you, like I'm begging you. I'm begging you. If you have something, let us support you. Let us help you. And, and we feel that way? You know why we feel that way? Because there have been people in our lives who have done that. You know, how, you know how many times I've had to go to the older men in my life and say, I've got this going on. I'm struggling with this. I'm burdened by this. I'm, I'm failing in this. I'm falling. I'm so imperfect. I'm so sinful. I'm so bad at this leadership thing. I'm so bad at this husbanding thing, at this fathering thing, at this like life thing. That's normal for me. I have a list of 10 guys I could go to right now. And they would receive me. And I'd feel okay. And therefore, I know I can do that for you. You can't receive people. You can't obey scripture unless you're received. Do you understand? You can't obey this command to receive one another until you realize, man, you know what? I'll be received by the Lord. And so I'm cool. I'm good. I'm at peace. So here's your honesty check. Be honest. This is what will prevent you from doing that. Do you find yourself comfortable in the loneliness? Do you find yourself comfortable in the loneliness? The reality is you come in here, you come in here, and you sit down, and you may or may not talk to other people. And then you leave the same way you came in. Because maybe you come in with points, right? If I come in, I'm good at this. Where I can come in and I can pretend like we're having a meaningful interaction. And then I can, like I'm just gone. I don't even know your name. So like I could come in, Jocelyn, how are you doing? You doing good? And then, like, you know, she, maybe she's like, yeah, I'm good. I'm like, great. 
great to see you. So glad you're here. Mitch, you doing good, man? Everything good? Praise the Lord. That's what I would say. Praise the Lord. I'll just move right on. Aubrey, great to see you. Yep. And if I can, like, if I can just put it out there and I don't have to request any information, I can make it seem as though I'm connecting with people. Right? Some of you are good at that. Some of you are bad at that, so you know what you do? Let me show you. This is what you do. Nobody knows you. Nobody knows you and you don't know anybody. You're not connected. You haven't left here with a meaningful interaction. And you know what? You found yourself comfortable there. It's easier. It's easier to be lonely. Even though it hurts. Even though you'll leave here, you'll go to school, and maybe you'll just life. You'll be double-minded and you'll be worldly and you don't represent Christ at all. You, you know, your identity as being in Christ, like if you belong to Jesus, then that's who you are, actually. Once you're saved, God owns you. And that's a great privilege because that means you have blessing and joy and peace and grace and you have something, you have salvation, you have eternal life. You have what the world needs. And yet you can walk around your school acting like none of that's true. And you can quench the Spirit you know, he'll convict you. He'll say, what are you doing? You'll grieve the Spirit by saying or doing or behaving in a certain way that you know is wrong. And he'll be like, whoa, 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 whoa. what are you doing? And you've got that conviction, you know what I'm talking about? Like, you're like, ah, I know I shouldn't do that. But I'm going to do it anyways. Because there's nobody, I mean, nobody's going to even know. And then you go through school days, you go through school weeks, you go through months, you go through semesters, and you go through a whole school year and then another one, and you have turned off your notifications from the Lord. And now you're worldly out there and then you come in here and you can play the part by either just huddling up or just being superficial. And then you'll graduate high school and you'll leave. If you get comfortable in the loneliness. What a miserable way to... Man... You know one of the worst parts about that? You'll leave, and guess who you're going to be mad at? When you get miserable, you'll be miserable. Guess who you're going to be mad at? It'll probably be me. It'll be the church. They didn't treat you right. They weren't loving enough. They weren't gracious enough. Forget the fact, the fact that I'm begging you. I'm begging you. Come to my house and pour out your heart. I'm begging you, let us make an investment of love and grace into your life. They didn't treat me right. I honestly don't know what else to do. Verse 21, for all seek their own, not the things which are Jesus Christ. So Paul is talking about, man, he's talking about Timothy. He's got to send Timothy to these Philippians because he just needs to know how they're doing and how they're, what the state they're in is. So he sends Timothy, and he's like, there's nobody as faithful, there's nobody with the character, there's nobody like Timothy for this job. 
There's nobody like-minded. There's nobody who I'm arm in arm with more than this guy. He is the guy for the job because all seek their own, not the things which are Jesus Christ. Paul makes it clear here that all people want to do whatever they want to do. You know what you want to do today? Whatever you want to do. You might not have a plan, but you know what you want to do? You want to do whatever you want to do. That's just how we are. Everybody, we're all that way. I want to do whatever I want to do. I know some things I need to do. You know what I want to do? Not those things. I know some things I'm supposed to do. You know what I, I don't want to do? Those things. I want to do what I want to do. And to find a man who will be like-minded in pursuing the things of God is a difficult and a rare thing. Proverbs 20, verse 6 says, Most men will proclaim everyone his own goodness, but a faithful man who can find? Who can find a faithful man who will be like-minded in pursuing the Lord with you? Who can find one of those? That's rare. If one of you comes out of of this thing, a faithful man, we're hitting home runs, dude. Home runs. I mean, take that analogy. How many home, what's the record for home runs in a season? Manning, Brock? 70? How many at-bats does that person have? So 70 home runs for 1,000 at-bats. You get to, and so how many swings is that? Thousands, thousands, thousands. We're playing baseball out here, guys. We're going up to bat. We're trying to find a faithful man. We're trying to find somebody who will just say, yeah, I'm in. I'm like, I want to do it. Let's do it. Let's get close. Let's be accountable. Proverbs 31.10, who can find a virtuous woman? Her price is far above rubies. Do you want to be found, I mean, just be honest, do you want to be found a faithful man? Do you want to be a virtuous woman? Do you desire to be godly and strong in the Lord? Let's start there. Do you even want that? Do you want that? If you don't want it, I'm not talking either. You just keep sitting there and being with us. We love you. But if you want, if you want to be found faithful, here's your application. Leader. Choose to seek Christ first over all the things that you want to do, over all the comforts and conveniences of life, over all of the easy, the easy things that you could get into in your schools and in your families and in your friend groups. Rather than all those things, would you choose to seek Christ first? And here's what will happen. The seekers will find one another. You know what happens every year? The seniors, somehow, some way, end up bonding on another level. And then all of a sudden, one's doing discipleship, and then the other one is, and then they're going and visiting the other same Bible study. Oh, and then they're starting to do little things in ministry, and now they have a camaraderie and a fellowship that's different from everybody else in here. The seniors in this group are tighter than any other group in this room. Tighter than these sophomore girls who were born in the same hospital room. They are tighter. Than you guys even. That's just what happens. Romans 12, 1, last verse. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, here's my plea, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. If you would just decide, my life is now my own, and I'm going to surrender it to the Lord, you'd be blessed. You'd walk out of here blessed. If you knew you walked out of here surrendered. <laughs> Last question is this. Have you made up your mind about who your life belongs to? 
Have you made up your mind about who your life belongs to? If you've not given your life to Christ for the saving of your soul, today is is the day for that. If you've not surrendered your life to Christ in submission to His will, if you've not said, man, I'm done serving myself, I'm going to serve the Lord. And maybe if you've gotten comfortable in your loneliness here, today you need to make up your mind about who your life belongs to. Maybe you've made that decision before and you need to make it again. My life belongs to Jesus Christ and whatever He wants, however it looks, whatever I need to do, whoever I need to be, whoever I need to connect with, however I need to connect with Him, however I need to be fitly joined to the body of Christ, I'm going to do it. I'm willing. I'm, I'm done. Lord, you wore me out. I'm in. Then, I wouldn't be so worried about next year. Until we have some folks make that decision. Youth group's just going to be kind of... Because what we are and who we are is is not an entertainment. I mean, we're not good at entertainment. You know what we are good at? I believe that we're good at real fellowship. I believe we're good at that. You say, well, I don't feel like that. That's because you... You haven't been willing to do real fellowship. You haven't. You haven't. Because what is real fellowship? Well, it's bearing your soul with one another. It's being honest. It's serving together. It's being Christians together. Regardless of what you look like in the flesh. Or in your, you know, your culture. Whatever. None of that. None of that is important, actually. Make sense? Man, I just really hope you guys heard from the Lord today. And as we go into main service, if, there, if you know that you did and you want, to, if you want to lay things down, let's do that, man. Be bold. Be bold. Be brave. There's no judgment. Just lay it all out. Okay? Father, please.